Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Love's a Pitch, and I'm your host and queer matchmaker extraordinaire, Carolyn Bergier. This is a podcast where queer cuties who are looking for different flavors of love and lust come on, open up, and hope that one of you listeners either fits the bill or knows someone who does. Have any of you actually been sliding into my guest DM so far? Because none of them have reached out to me to say that this is working. And I really want this to work. I want this podcast to make some connections and not just for me. That's right. Uh, I recorded an interview yesterday where the guest asked me out on a date mid-interview I can't wait for you to listen and let me know if my blushing is audible. So stay tuned for that. That's a future episode. I just got back from a short trip to Cartagena, Colombia. I'm all rested and inspired. What a gorgeous and delicious city. I think I ate my weight in ceviche. Uh, I also spotted a lot of queer women there, which I was not expecting, like mostly tourists. And it has me wondering, is Cartagena a queer travel destination? Like, can we make it one? I would love to go back. Anyway, just a little shout out for that beautiful part of the world. Uh, Speaking of things I love, the next live Loves a Pitch show is Sunday, April 30th at Come On Everybody in Brooklyn. If you live in the area, if you're in driving distance, uh, commuting distance, train distance, whatever, and you want to be on the show, go over to Instagram at Loves a Pitch and fill out the link in the bio. I'll also toss out a link in the show notes. You can apply to be on the show and give your pitch live to a room full of hotties, and maybe you'll win a prize or someone's heart. I don't know. You never know what these shows. They're crazy. They're fun. They are the highlight of my month. Okay, enough about me. Let's get to this week's guest who was a contestant on one of the live Loves a Pitch shows, and I thought his pitch deserved more exposure. So let's get to it. All right, we've got Micah Ames from New York City here to make his pitch. Micah was a contestant on one of my live Loves a Pitch shows. Tragically, I hate to remind you of this, you did not make it to the coveted second round, but the the competition was tough. I thought you were going to make it based on your pitch. You did a whole Love Actually bit. I did. I did a whole Love Actually bit, but... Yeah, as far as people who did make the second round go, I was up against somebody who magically brought potato soup out onto the stage uh, for all of the judges. I think it was potato soup, was it? No, no, it was potato. It was potato. I get the Eidos mixed up. (laughs) Uh, And then a French dubbed short film that was made specifically for the pitch. So it was fair competition, I have to say. Yeah. And I appreciate you giving me the chance, an audio second round, if you will. Right, right. To a larger audience, at least I hope. Jeez. Uh, 
What makes the potato soup appearance even more magical was that we had a couple of sick contestants drop out at the last minute. And this person whose nickname is Fem Molly because they work with Butch Molly, Fem Molly just showed up with maybe two hours notice with potato soup divided up into containers for the judges. And that was especially funny because I had left to get a drink and I came back and the judges were just on stage with potato soup, which I think even if I saw Fem Molly bring it out, I would still be like, what am I watching? But even more so, I was like, this right. is the weirdest <laughs> seamless drop off I've ever witnessed on stage. <laughs> yeah, it's a choice. And also, we're supposed to be pitching me here. Right, right, right. Not Fem Molly. Actually, let's bring her into the Zoom. No. Uh, <laughs> watch Fem Molly's just sh- showing up everywhere, ruining everyone's chances at love. <laughs> she does have a little bit of a villain vibe. Okay, anyway, enough about Fem Molly. I did hear rumors. I didn't see it for myself, but I heard that you you had a little action happening after the show at the bar. Someone was like, oh, I saw Micah. Uh, yes. I, so it works. The show works, right? The show absolutely works. Um, a few people bought me drinks as evidenced by the day after the event. I felt so great. So, so great. At least, okay, my ego did. So I'll give you that. That kind of balanced out the hangover. <laughs> great, great. Well, thank you for supporting that show and now being on this one. So before you give your pitch... Tell the audience, how do you identify? Let's see. I, my name is Micah Ames. I am a trans mask queer man. I'm a hard Kinsey 3.5 on the attraction scale. And then I skew more towards women romantically. But that's where I land. Thanks for asking. Yeah. What's the Kinsey scale? I always forget. Is it to six? To seven? It's one to seven. Seven. Okay. Okay. Just is it to six? Oh shoot! No, no, I don't no, no, no. I think I think you're right. I always get a little bit confused, but I think it is an odd number. Okay, enough of, enough about Kinsey and Femme Molly. Let's get into your pitch, Micah. Yes, my name is Micah Ames, as in Ames to please. I'm a Brooklyn-based trans mass cutie and short king, uh, looking for cuties to kiss uh, and to treat like a queen. Outside of my nine to five. Things I enjoy to do are rock climbing and then stand-up comedy, which I have an appropriate amount of shame about. As far as rock climbing goes, I have good forearm strength, good hand strength, and an appropriate amount of shame on selling myself at that point as well. Speaking of harnesses, I'm a switch when it comes to strapping, spooning, and karaoke duets. So if you want to be Gabriella or Troy, I'm down for both. I can sing karaoke and the musical stylings of Goofy, and I promise not to do it for you. Uh, unless you want me to pull that hat trick out. I'm relatively recently single, which means I probably haven't hooked up with your ex. So now is the time to beat them to it. I'm also, as far as cuties go, I also just moved into a one-bedroom apartment in PLG. And I'm also looking for people who can help me with interior design. So why don't you uh, come on by and give me some advice? I love that you threw that in there because I'm going to let the audience know, Micah, for any video clips we put up, Micah was a little bit afraid that he would come off as a serial killer with the background. Everybody must know he just moved in. So that's fine. I I feel like, like you have a plant there. That's pretty good. You have a plant and some furniture. I have a plant. I have like, I have a love seat. You know, I've got the little chair over here. I hope that wasn't a You're doing great. I have so much art. I have so much art. Just none of it is up yet because I don't know like 
what color carpet I want and couch and like where I'm going to mount the TV. So still figuring things out. Yeah. Oh, it took us a year to put up art in our home. And my wife's like an artist. Like she has hundreds of great pieces and literally a year. Uh, so no worries about that. Okay, let, let's dive into your pitch. Rock climbing. Is that like the place for queers to meet up? Every queer person I know is rock climbing. Is, is it just to show off the hand strength? I will say I met one of my best friends the week I moved to Brooklyn. And it was I went to a climbing gym alone. And this person walked up to me and asked like, Oh, do you want to belay? And so it's been five years, we're still friends. And then they revealed two months later, though, after, you know, we kind of established the friendship, they were like, Oh, yeah, I just saw like a vaguely queer looking person and was like, they seem approachable. And then yeah, and we're still friends. But yeah, so I think it's it is a place where queers kind of congregate. Another kind of funny story as I remember, because I grew up climbing, I started climbing when I was 10. And I was on a team and I climbed okay. competitively. And my mom dropped me off at practice once. And there was a girl sitting there. She'd written a letter to her parents and she was practicing reading it about how she was going to come out to them. And my mom had, had told me later, she was like, I kind of listened to her reciting this and was like, I wonder if I'm going to get one of these from Micah one day. Oh my God. And uh, yeah, she was not, was not very far off. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you've been doing this for a while. You're, you're a pro. Um, it sounds like, right? Are you like watching it in the Olympics? Like you're really into it? I've gone through. Yes, I do. I do enjoy going to competitions at the gyms and watching it. I will say I've, I'm 30. So I also approach it with caution now. Like I'll, I'll climb within my insurance deductible. I try to avoid right. for <laughs> that reason. I'm very cautious. You know, sometimes I'll I'll be on a route and I'll look at the last move and I'll be like, I know how I could do that. I'm not going to do it, but I know how I could do it. And I'm just going to be satisfied with that and come back down. Yeah, because, you know, like what one, one false move and like your sex life is compromised, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is very true. You're, I wasn't thinking of it that way, but absolutely. That like, that's, that's why I stick to spinning. Oh, that's smart. It, it's great for scissoring. No, I'm just kidding. Um, love a scissoring joke. Okay. Uh, I love <laughs> I love that you said your karaoke switch. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear the goofy thing. <laughs> um, what's your go-to <laughs> your go-to karaoke songs? Okay, so it, it kind of falls into a few different camps, but my go-to for a group is Teenage Dirtbag, whether you're going to sing the original version or the One Direction cover of it is totally up to you. Wait, there's a One Direction cover? Oh, there's the One Direction cover. You ha you'll you only find it on YouTube. I'm almost positive it's not on Spotify, but you have to watch the YouTube video because it's from the One Direction movie. And <laughs> I support, I love boy bands. I love pop music. But yes, One Direction did a cover. It's very good. The other is just anything by Michelle Branch. You know, she, I went and saw her perform at Webster Hall back in October, and somebody had referred to it as like the elder millennial convention, <laughs> and they were not far off base. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But I got, it was so fun. Like, I, it was a concert on a Sunday night, and I, like, even with that in mind, I just like the whole crowd was so into every single song. Love that. It's fun. But yeah, so she's my go-to at karaoke. She has been called um, kind of a karaoke queen before. How about yourself? 
Oh, wow. Um, go to, I mean, it is the national, the lesbian national anthem, uh, What's Up by Four Non Blondes. I feel like it's, it's too predictable at this point. I also love doing a No Doubt song because I mm. love giving my best Gwen Stefani impersonation. So, yeah. so those are usually my go-tos. And then if I'm like really drunk, I'll do like total eclipse of the heart and just <laughs> wreck my vocal cords. You know, if your vocal cords are roached the next day, you did it right. One challenge that's come with being on testosterone is that it really has changed my vocal range. So my karaoke range. Right. Like I, I used to be able to do Troy and Gabriella for High School Musical. I realized that was in my pitch. I'm still game to do it. It's not going to sound as good, but I'm game. Now my vocal range falls more into like songs by Weezer or bands that like aren't necessarily supposed to sound you know, like hinder, like I'm really good at lips of an angel because yeah, not yeah. even hinder is good at lips of an angel kind of. Right, thing. right. <laughs> it's fun. You just got to be into it. That's fun. What's your favorite karaoke spot in New York? Oh, um, I think. OK, Boho Orchard, getting a private room there and then going to Welcome to the Johnsons afterwards because it's like two blocks away. All right. I think that's it. Like Doing them, uh, getting a room in K-Town is something that everyone who lives in New York should do. And if you're visiting New York, you should have a friend bring you to do it. It is uh, truly an experience. But Boho Orchard is my, I'm a loyalist. Okay, nice, nice. Okay, so you're new to stand-up comedy. Is that something you're you're doing to pick up chicks? Oh, man, no. <laughs> no, it's... Um, it works. That's how I knew that my wife was into me was because she came to like three of my comedy shows over the span of like two weeks and i'm like i'm just doing the same jokes each time she's like i love it i'm like all right someone's thirsty oh <laughs> no i'm not so i'm not doing it to pick up chicks i think i started three months ago or something i actually ran into you at a bar the same night a friend had invited me to do an open mic because some of me both now so that's yes that's pretty funny and we talked about it and you gave some advice. So that was very nice. But it's been fun. It's a great way to meet people. I go to a lot of you know shows and stuff in Brooklyn, which tends to be a more queer scene. So that's very nice. And everyone's very welcoming and supportive. But as far as picking up women goes, no, it, if anything, it kind of takes away more time. You'll go to right. like a mic, you'll spend two hours and $10 there just to talk for four minutes and like, Right. <laughs> and it's great. And you love it. And you keep going back. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's so terrible that that's how you know that you love it. If you keep wanting to do this terrible thing over and over, you're like, oh, it must be scratching an itch for me. Can we talk about that night that I ran into you? Because that was one of the weirdest queer parties I've ever been to. Like I go to Hot Rabbit events. Like I go to oh, what are the the astrology, the scope parties, like honey burlesque events. I, I go to those. This was like a new one for me. I'm not going to name it. I don't want to shit on other people's events. I'm sure other people were having fun, but I would describe it as one um, like a fire hazard because everybody was like in a basement 
there were like 10 smoke machines going off. The room was so smoky that you couldn't see where the exit was. I felt like I was chaperoning a party in euphoria or something. Like my friends and I were definitely the oldest people there by like 10 years. They also had incense going, which was being like carried by the smoke machines. And everyone was just like coughing. The music was bad. The ceiling was low. And then in the middle of the whole room is this like cis straight appearing couple who was obviously cruising for a unicorn and they were just like hot and heavy making out the whole time and just killing the vibe. All right. What was your take? Oh my God. I forgot about the cis couple. That was so weird. I thought you were going to talk about a different guy who had I'd seen at the woods the week before who was creeping on girls. So it, it just way out of place. Okay. So I liked the DJ. It was ABBA, you know, it was, it was a disco party. They have a theme. I love a theme. I came dressed to impress. I love that too. Yeah. I think you and I were, it was really hard to get drinks. Like it was really, really hard because they, I think they had like two bars. The lines were really long and they were all very fancy cocktails. I did feel like a chaperone. I have no idea what the marketing was for that event. I had a few friends invite me and I was like, I'm game. No regrets in going. Uh, no arguments with your points, especially I never thought about the fire hazard aspect of it. That is so funny because there were like 10 smoke machines and it's like there could be an actual fire here and I would not know. No, nobody would know. And just like I imagine like and, and everyone's coughing. So the germs are just like suspended in the air. Like you can't do that post COVID. Mm. Like it's not mm-hmm. a good thing to get a room of people coughing We went because my friend thought that there was actually going to be roller skating there. And she told us all, I'm like, I don't think there's going to be roller skating because it was called like roller something. There I am naming it after I said I wouldn't. Anyway, enough about this, but I just felt like it was worth mentioning. But hey, here's a point for you. Micah, Micah likes to go out and have a good time. How about that? I love dancing and I, I love a good DJ. Not, I'm not into like EDM club house music. I'll just throw that in there. But like, yeah. Did you ever go to Candy Pop? No. It was at Baby's All Right. And they would just play like S Club 7, Ashley Tisdale, you know, all of the like <laughs> Disney uh-huh. Channel stars who were forced to have a single and like Hillary Duff, Avril Lavigne. Yes. Uh, so yeah, anything like that. I love any scream singing from that era. Lovely. I love that. So talk to me a little bit about what it's been like dating since you transitioned, because I imagine that, you know, you're feeling like you're living life as your authentic self now. And there's like a lot of confidence that comes with that. But then were there things that you're like nervous about? Yeah, I was very nervous before I transitioned about the idea of dating as a short man. <laughs> I wasn't worried about the trans aspect as much. Like even even living in Southwest Ohio, I was like, I can I know how to work with what I have. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was really worried about dating as a short man. I mean, it's it hasn't been a barrier. And then as far as like the kinds of people I date goes, uh, they kind of run across the gender spectrum, the sexuality spectrum, you know, it's queer women, bi women, non-binary people. That's not sexuality, it's a gender, but it's been a lot of fun and varying heights. You know, I've seen people who are like 5'1". I've seen someone who's 5'11". So, you know, everyone, is, so height, height has not been a barrier for me, fortunately. 
But yeah, the fact that I don't know my star chart, on the other hand, has been a, a bit of a barrier to the queer dating scene in Bushwick. Right, right. I mean, that you can change. The height thing, I mean, I guess there's shoes, but... Oh, yeah. I can show you my collection of platforms. Um, I'll include links in the <laughs> bio for any short kings who are listening to this. Uh, <laughs> most of my shoes are like an inch and a half. And then I like to think my hair adds another inch. But let yeah. me think. But, uh, we were talking about being a short king. height. Oh, star chart, I can't change. I can't change that. I, I don't know my birth time because the birth... Uh, the birth house, the hospital, they messed up my birth certificate. Oh, right. Do do you think like that's more common? And like, there are some people who've like really built their personality around their chart and it's not accurate. I've never thought about that. It's entirely possible. Do you think people would lie about their star chart to make it like compatible with other people? Absolutely. People are nuts, especially a Gemini. Ooh, Okay. I do know I'm a cancer and based on everything I know about cancers, it checks out. So if that's relevant to anybody, it it really comes up because I've moved a lot in the last year and cancers are really sentimental and I have like memory boxes and no matter how many times I've moved, I have to break it out every time and go through like each individual thing in it or like, you know, I'll be putting off packing and I'll go through all my like old bougie photos. And yeah, I've moved three times the last year. This better be the final one. I'm not trying to open that memory box again in the next calendar year. No, no. Especially now that you have a one bedroom. Hold on to that (laughs) forever. Also, any Geminis listening, I'm just saying that because every Gemini I know is so hesitant to reveal that they're a Gemini, maybe just to me because I'm a Capricorn, but I could see them being like, oh, maybe I'll just, you know, pretend my birthday's a few days earlier or something. But no, I mean, it's it is what it is. I don't know. I don't I don't like to place too much importance in that. Do you care what other people's like? You don't know yours. So I'm assuming that you're you're not caring too much what someone else's right I know one specific sign where it's a bit of a flag for me, and that is as much as I will say about it. No, but you don't want the. You should let them know this is your chance to to use that filter, filter them out. You're still open minded. It's a flag, but you're willing to see past it. Exactly, because because this sign they do have positive qualities, and that is as much as I will say. They they tend to be very well organized, so that's good. I'm definitely into that. If I come over to your place and I see a chore chart, game over. Like this person can delegate. All right, Virgos. <laughs> oh no. Oh <laughs> yeah, that that's like the one keyword, the one keyword. There there's some good Virgos out there. That's supposed to be my most compatible sign is Virgo, but like I don't know. I've dated Virgos that did not last long and then like my mom and sister are Virgos. Let me say, we're not compatible. <laughs> Putting my family on blast. Okay, back to you, Micah. Um, I did do some digging. I saw that you did a TED Talk about coming out at work. And in this TED Talk, you also came out as someone, I hope everyone's sitting down who's listening to this, uh, as someone who doesn't like cats. Look, we can't all be perfect. Well, I can relate. That was very brave. (laughs) Yeah, I really did out myself from the jump in that video. I will say I have come around more to cats. When that video was recorded, I was pretty strong on that. I was not dating when that talk was recorded. 
And since then, uh, I have been single. So I've dated a lot of people who have had a lot of cats because we're queer. Of course, we have cats. And I've met a few that are nice. So you know what? I'm willing to be flexible on that stand. Yeah. For the sake of my dating life. <laughs> cats are the Virgos of animals for you. Yeah. Uh, what are some good ones? I've met... Um, Maine Coon. That's the breed yeah. that's like a dog. Yeah. I like a cat that's like a dog. Whenever somebody says, oh, my cat's just like a dog, I'm like, mm, it's not. Like, it can never be. But then I, I actually, since then, I have met like one or two that I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I can see it. I can see it. Okay. You mentioned, you know, you were, sounds like you were in a relationship for a while. What's the nicest thing that X would say about you? I would always ask, what she would want from the bodega if I like left the apartment and came back. I hope that's a good thing. Anyone who's listening not in New York is going to be like, so nothing basically, because I don't understand what that means. Um, <laughs> I'm a good listener and I'm thoughtful. Okay. Great qualities. Great qualities. What's the worst thing they would say about you? Well, she was a Virgo, so she didn't think I was that organized, which is fair. What is she talking about? You keep all your memories in a box. <laughs> You haven't seen what that box looks like. It is a shoe box that's basically like duct tape wrapped together, <laughs> but they're in one place. They're in one place. My things could be a little chaotic, but I know where they are. And yeah. that is in part for moving three times in one year. You get it. You get it really tight and efficient. So what are some deal breakers for you when you're starting to date someone new? Something that's like, I can't go out with this person again. That's a really good question. Not giving 20% is a clear flag. Mm -hmm. I think if somebody's talking in a really negative way about others, I think that's another one. Like a lot of complaining or just talking down about other people. I went on a date with a girl who referred to a burn victim as scabby. I think that's a red flag. I think that's a flag on the play. A varied bar for red flags. A lot of people would say deal breakers for them have to do with exes. Like sometimes if someone's like really close friends with an ex, they're like, nope, not going near that. Are you friends with your exes? I would say yes. We stay in touch. I am cat sitting for her in like a month. So, it, oh, so we okay. stay in touch. We're not too close. We're not uncomfortably close, but I share a lot of mutual friends with her. I kind of have like two or three big friend groups. And in one of them, she's good friends with everybody in it. So it's it's something where like one of the first things we did when we broke up was go to our friends and say like, this is going to be fine. You know, like we don't want to break up this group of people. But then that relationship just kind of stays in that group. It doesn't trickle over to my other groups of friends or other aspects of my life. Right. Okay. That sounds like healthy. Like you have boundaries. Well, is that not the queer experience though? Like I was at a party with my girlfriend. This was in college. I was at a party with my girlfriend and we ran into my ex-girlfriend, which is when I found out that my girlfriend was cheating on me with my ex-girlfriend. No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, wow. Why do those stories feel especially queer? Like at, at any time you hear of like some really messy, somewhat um, like socially incestuous situation, it's like usually a queer story, right? Yes. 
But then I then I feel with straight people, it's more like actually incestuous. It, it's like, oh, I slept with your sister. And like queer people don't do that. I think it's especially the queer experience because like straight people, you know, your boyfriend isn't going to cheat on you with your guy friend. I guess they could cheat on you with. No, because then it would just be cheating on you with your own friend. Your girlfriend's never going to cheat on you with your ex if you're obsessed and straight. Right, right. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Are you typically like the dumper or the dumpy or both? Are you a switch? (laughs) Yeah, I'm switch. I'm switch. I don't have too many breakups in recent history. You could say predominantly dumper. Dumper. Yeah. How do you usually bring it up? How do you do it? Have you ever ghosted? I've never. Okay. Have I ghosted a serious situationship? No. No, I have not. I have not followed up after like a bad date or so like i still want to make a practice of not doing that i think communication is really important but yeah i've ghosted i'll say it i've ghosted yeah yeah but how do you do your question was how do i approach a breakup it's hard you know you don't want to hurt someone's feelings and i'm a cancer so if you if if you're sad i'm sad and i don't want to be sad right but i mean with relationships i mean at some point if you are at a point of breaking up, like you owe it to the other person if you're no longer invested in it or you don't see like that kind of future in it to break up with them. And so I kind of prepare for it by listening to a lot of Sarah McLachlan and Enya. I was going to say Tegan and Sarah. Tegan and Sarah. Earlier when you were talking about the lesbian national anthem, I've never heard about four non-blondes being that. I was sure you were going to say Untouched by the Veronicas because that's it for oh, me. Like no. hand on my heart. <laughs> I really thought uh, that that it was what's up, but I don't know. It could be it could be up for debate. I I didn't know that it, this wasn't a universal thing. Can we have that debate? I want to go somewhere <laughs> where that debate is going down. We'll have to we'll have to do it like at karaoke. Just like we'll have a karaoke night that is to determine what is the lesbian national anthem, and everybody takes a turn with what they think it is, and then at the end we crown the indisputable. <laughs> lesbian national anthem i was at a gay lesbian bar event and they it was a battle of the bands and the way they decided who won was they made both bands perform come to my window and then they went based on audience applause of who did the better cover of come to my window of the two bands 
Wow. That's the way to do it. That's great. I love that. <laughs> no, going back to what you said about breakups, I think I think that's, you know, a great way to view it. Like I think that when people break up with other people, they truly are doing them a service. Like if you're going to break up with someone, it's because it's not working <laughs> and you're out. And like that's that's good for everybody involved. Like I do think as hurtful as they can be, as like confusing as they can be for people, uh, usually you look back on a breakup and you're like, yeah, that was for the best. Like the very few times do I know people who are like still agonizing being like, I have no idea we were soulmates. And then <laughs> just, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so good for you for, for freeing people, um, from the, the pain of being in a relationship with you. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, yeah, just doing my part. Let's talk about the apps. Are you on them? Are you into them? Yes. I'm on the apps. I there was this thing that was going on around TikTok where people broke down their year in review based on how many dates they went on from different dating apps. And I did the math on mine. I had six dates from Lex. And I didn't mean to have six dates from Lex. Like they ended it would be like I'd meet up with somebody. So like in one case. I was meeting up with somebody. I had posted that I was looking for films for my camera and it was a very special kind. And somebody actually messaged me and was like, I have that. I can hook you up. And so I went over, I brought cash to pay and it turns out it wasn't like quite the right amount. I brought 80, they wanted 70. Uh, this person was all cute. So I gave them 60 and then I left. Uh, and then they messaged me after to say like, you know what? Don't worry about the last 10. And I was like, how about I get you a drink instead? So I'm smooth. That is the moral of the story. He's smooth. I'm smooth, guys. I've got lines. It sounds like the start of like a very like super consensual queer porn, like a tender queer porn, just like looking to get some film, you know, so, so innocent. But Lex, that's an interesting one for people who don't know what Lex is. Can you describe it? The Lex started as, I don't remember if it was in the newspaper or just online, but the the premise of Lex was to make people could send in personal ads for themselves to pitch themselves to say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm looking for in a date. They were really funny. People would, you know, take screenshots and post them online. I think some went viral on Reddit. That's kind of the history of it. it was like queer personal ads. And then it went on to become an app. And I do have a friend who has described it as Craigslist on poppers. So, (laughs) you know, you have the mix of people saying like, looking for a honey tonight, like, uh, wants to get down at Ginger's, you know, usually a funny headline, Ginger's is a lesbian bar in Brooklyn. And then you'll also see some that are, you know, me and my seven cats are looking for a sublet, our budget is $700, get at me. And then you can, you can, uh, direct message people to reply to their posts, photo shoots. You know, I'm looking at people looking for like trans and queer models, but the people who use the app are primarily women uh, and gender nonconforming trans mask people. It is an app specifically, basically not for cis men. Yeah. It's an interesting one because it's not unlike almost all other dating apps. It's not photo forward. So you're not swiping on pictures. It's, you're seeing just words first. And then if the words intrigue you, then you can go in and see someone's picture. Sometimes, sometimes it links to their Instagram or sometimes not at all. Right. 
they just went through an overhaul and made it kind of more like a social media app, which has been been met with mixed reviews. I don't know if you have to have a photo in the app now, but yeah, before you could just have, maybe, maybe it's still the case, but you could just have a little smiley face icon. But yeah, it was words. It was about words, not photos. You can't post photos. Yeah. So interesting to me. I don't know. I've, I've only used Lex to promote actually loves a pitch to try to get contestants for it and, and get people to come out to the show, but I've never used it to try to get a date. You know, what's really funny. I did post, it was like really late one night and I was coming home and I posted like, like a thirsty call out of like, Hey, if anybody's looking to meet up tonight. And then I, woke up the next day to a screenshot of the post from my ex and no, no comments, just the screenshot. And I was like, Oh God. Wow. Good to hear from you again. You're getting bullied from your ex. And I I went in and I immediately deleted it. Just that post. I think, I don't know what I wrote in it, but she saw it and was like, I know that is you. You know, I think it's because it feels like almost like the chat roulette of, of dating apps. That's the perfect way of putting like it. Like you, you go on there and you don't know, you have no idea what the next post is going to be. I'm like, this is too much. It, it's like being uh, at a thrift store and just being like overwhelmed and being like, I know I want something. I have no idea where to find. It. I guess I have to like sift through these racks for like hours until I can find something that maybe I want. I don't know. That's a lot of work. But, you know, for people who like a lot of work, I guess um, Lex could be the app for you. One post will be about a protest. The next is about a play party. That's a lot of dates off of Lex. I know. I was really surprised. Six dates. Because even I, I think they went well. I was, I had fun, nice people. I had a good time. I would, I would say it's a nice place to meet people. Yes. All right. Well, what kind of person are you looking for? I mean, it sounds like you're you're open to to different like genders and stuff. Like what specifically are you looking for? Like who do you want to reach out to you from this? Oh, that's a good question. And kind of why we're here. Ideally Brooklyn based. I'm not necessarily looking for something long distance. I mean, I'll I'll go across boroughs. If you live in Queens or Manhattan, I'm still No long distance, like Upper yeah. West Side. Upper okay. West Side, let's talk. We'll meet in the middle. But yeah, so I mean, ideally in one of the five boroughs, I'll even try Staten Island. I'm open-minded. I love a good ferry ride. Uh, and then, yeah, people who nice, outgoing, maybe looking for something casual. Uh, also enjoy, you know, humor and a mezcal cocktail. Outgoing. I, I think it's a really good sign if you have good friends and kind of like your own independent life. I always think that that's a really good sign. And then other thing, I mean, if you want to go rock climbing, hit me up regardless. I'm always looking for a belay buddy. That that doesn't have to be a sexual harness situation. That could just be <laughs> pretty straightforward. But if it turns into that. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. Also, um, I love live music. You know, if you're, if you're going to be at Muna at Terminal 5, hang out, be kind of miserable with me, like loving Muna, but hating Terminal 5. I have tickets to see them both nights. Yeah, that dedicated. Ah, do you have people you're going with already or? I am going with friends one of the nights. 
And the other, I honestly just bought a solo ticket so I could go and fangirl and stand close to the stage because I'm 5'3". And like, usually like I went with my friends in October and they were all tall and they were like, we don't care where we stand. And I was like, that's cool. I am happy for you. <laughs> so then this time around, I just bought my own ticket. I was like, I'm, I'll go to the front if I have to. I, I still haven't seen Muna uh, live. I would love to. And actually, I interviewed uh, Naomi and they said when they were coming to town, they're like, oh, yeah, just like let us know and we'll um, we'll hook you up. But that that was like over a year ago. And I feel like and I was out of town that time they were coming around. I'm like, has it been too long? Do they remember who I am? Can I still call in that yeah. favor? But do I want to go to Terminal 5? I don't think I do. That's not where I want to see Muna for the first time. I'm sorry. I, I respect that wholeheartedly. Who did I see? I saw King Princess at Terminal 5, and I was like, this is the only time in my life I've been sad about being surrounded by tall lesbians. And I'd like to think it's the only time that I will ever be sad about it. It's a bad venue. Uh, and it's also so far from everything. It's like a 15-minute walk from the train. I say that if... Like, if you're above the age of 25, you should get a senior citizen discount for going, you know, or like a free pair of insoles for your shoes and a drink ticket, $15 off your Uber ride home. Right. I did mention to you, I saw Carly Rae Jepsen there because you were posting about it on Instagram and you discovered that everybody loves to trash talk Terminal 5. I saw Carly Rae Jepsen on the Emotions Tour and it was her last show of the tour and even she seemed sad to be there. I love that whole album. I was miserable at that show. I'm like, how am I in a bad mood at Carly Rae? Like, what is happening in this space? My marriage was also falling apart. But also, I kind of think it was Terminal 5. That's really funny. I think that was the last straw. I think you, I remember you saying even Carly seemed like she was upset to be there. Yeah. No, she did not seem happy to be there. I, I was very, yeah, nobody wanted to be there especially my ex-wife uh, okay just kidding um that's just a joke it's just a joke yeah i mean the album was called emotion right emotions right right you're feeling, feeling them. them we're feeling them okay so even staten island cuties you're you're open to that yeah the only thing people should be aware of is that i have been in a physical altercation with pete davidson so i do have to be careful about where i'm setting foot within staten island Wait, did this happen at Six Flags? <laughs> no, it did not. But that is another place I am barred from entry. Girls with motion sickness get at me. Okay, that's also important to know. But also, if if not being able to go to Six Flags together is a is a deal breaker for you, then don't bother. <laughs> I want to meet that person. I want to meet that person who's like, wait, we can't go to Six Flags? Forget it. I don't care if you're the love of my life. <laughs> Six Flags or Bust. You were saying you did transition. Oh, yes. I Well, I so I received my lifetime ban from Six Flags. I think I was 16 years old. I can't say why. I think it's more of like a third day conversation. But I will say I did transition so that I can actually get in there so that I, my face doesn't match my mugshot anymore. So we could go. We can try it. I don't know how... How Great. like what their security system is quite like if it's at TSA level. Wait, let's go back to Pete Davidson. Were you trying to get on his shoulders at the King Princess concert? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's also a third date story. No, I 
I've had weird run-ins with almost every, with a lot of the SNL cast members actually, but that's how it goes when you live in New York. But I, yeah, Pete Davidson, I actually, I was at West Fourth Station and I was telling a friend a story very enthusiastically and um, I threw my arms back and I hit somebody and I turn and like, they're going down the stairwell and there's Pete Davidson just like snarling at me. And then he like, he like bumps his chest. He does one of those like, hey, <laughs> and he just keeps going down the stairwell. My friend and I are looking at each other like, was that Pete Davidson? And this was uh, right It was right before Big Dick Energy dropped, like that whole thing. So Okay, wow. wow, wow. So he was still safe to ride on the subway. I think after that had happened, he might be more hesitant too, because I think that really blew up its spot. Right. Yeah. So you could, so have I been, is is saying it was a physical altercation generous? Yes. Is it wrong? No. No, lead with that. Lead with that every time. I would, I would like to think. Like someone, someone asked me about it once and I was like, oh, it's because my dick was bigger than his. Couldn't handle it. And it could be depending on, you know, where you buy it from. (laughs) That is true. You're right about that. Yeah. He could sense it. He could sense that you have the the ability to pack a little more heat. All right. uh, On that (laughs) note, how, how, how should people get in touch with you, Micah? They could reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is M I C A H E A M E S. That's the primary place I use. I'm also on TikTok, Gmail. I have a website. Uh, I'm most likely to follow up on Instagram. So try that bad boy first. All right. Wow. All those different avenues. Stalkers. It's your lucky day. (laughs) I did recently have somebody I went on a date with uh, look me up on LinkedIn. That was kind of... I had somebody who ghosted me add me on LinkedIn and ask if I could hook up their boss with giving a TED Talk. That was an interesting one. Nope. (laughs) They used to work at TED. Okay. That was a hard pass. Wow. Just wait till you get further along in stand-up, Micah, and you start putting clips on your website and then wondering whether or not people have watched them before going out with you. Because I don't think they'll admit that. Like, nobody's going to tell you that they watched your stand-up set. And then it's always in the back of your mind. Did you see it? And also those jokes were from three years ago. Don't judge me. Like it's a... I do run into that with my TED Talk. So for anybody who's listening, if you do watch it, I have to say that they filmed it at one of the worst parts in my adult puberty that I was going through. I was a year and a half on T. It was the pandemic. And one of the comments somebody left on video that they posted to Facebook was, why should I take advice from a furry 12-year-old? And that will never... First of all, never read the comments. And secondly, though, I'll never forget that it was. I mean, it's so funny. Yeah. It's so because fu- I was rocking like the chin strap, and then like like the the little trash stash. Uh, Just Tom has a great joke about the trash stash where they like, I have the mustache of the coolest boy in eighth grade. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. That was all I had going for me. So if you watch my video, just know that it is old, and I look uh, wiser and hotter now. Oh, Micah, thank you so much for pitching yourself. Uh, I hope all the cuties hit you up and I can't wait to hear about how some of this plays out. Thank you so much for having me. And I, you know, I hope to be seeing you around more than just on a Zoom call. Yes. And uh, and yeah, thanks again for having me. I'm, I'm excited to see who we hear from. Do I even need to say more about Micah? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, Micah is one of those people 
you meet who immediately makes you smile. Just great energy, great personality, and dare I say, great looks. I mean, you can see for yourself going over to Loves a Pitch on our Instagram. That's where I post uh, videos and pictures of our guests. Uh, He has a big heart and his energy. I think it's really contagious. Uh, I hope one of you or someone you know gets to experience that firsthand. That would be lovely. Please give me a follow on Instagram, not only at Loves a Pitch, but follow my personal one at TGI Carolyn. I'm posting pictures of my vacation. If you want to see uh, some of the photos from Cartagena are up there. You can also follow me at TGI Carolyn on TikTok. That's right. I'm on TikTok. I'm posting different clips over there and also some of my stand-up comedy clips and also some other content that I'm trying to come up with to make you all laugh. And remember, oh, big important thing, I need you to go and rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and also Spotify, but Apple Podcasts, it's uh, very important to go there. Give it five stars. Leave a nice comment if you can. That would be great. This podcast is produced and edited by the wonderful Caitlin White and the music is by Velico. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you here next week by which time I will have been kicked out of a rock climbing gym for cruising. When the cameras stop rolling... Now your clients are calling cut, only I call cut. That's a cut. The real terror begins. Don't be embarrassed about being scared. We're in a very scary situation. Go F yourself. I love Lucifer. You can't write that shit. Listen to I Love Lucifer wherever you get your podcasts.